Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. It is awesome to be back with you guys once again as uh, the World Series is uh, coming to a close here soon. The uh, the Astros are up 3-2. Uh, to two. As you guys know, I'm begrudgingly rooting for the Astros, I guess. I just could never bring myself to root for the Phillies in any way, shape, or form. So we will see how that ends up. Um, maybe at the very least, uh, there are a couple Astros I kind of like, and, you know, Dusty Baker's a nice guy so maybe we'll we'll see that happen and then uh you know ultimately for brace fans we really just want it to end because that means that the off season will start and uh, we can start really looking into some some things that affect the braves specifically so that is going to happen soon and we certainly uh look forward to that so one of the biggest pieces to the entire off season for the braves uh is the decision to uh potentially keep Dansby Swanson or let him go and and obviously it's not only the Braves decision uh, but it's also Swanson's decision as he enters free agency test those waters and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what his market is uh, what are the interests from other teams I think maybe at the very least teams have learned you know there was a lot of assumption with Freddie Freeman last year that he, he was going to be back with the Braves I, I wonder if that kind of uh, dulled his um, his market a little bit until suddenly it looked like he wasn't going to be back with the Braves and he went to the Dodgers. So uh, could, you know, could there be some more aggressive teams on Swanson early with that in mind of how the Braves do do business? Um, and, you know, you have to keep an open mind to what is going to happen with Dansby this offseason for sure. So, uh, you know, Dansby is a kind of polarizing Brave. There are, there are fans out there that just absolutely love him and think, you know, uh, the world of him. There are others who are incredibly frustrated by him and his inconsistencies, and maybe some, uh, maybe a lot of people in the middle too. I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of that. Uh, but I want to try to evaluate Dansby uh, in this episode and and just give some ideas of of what kind of player is he? How does he compare to some of those other shortstops that are out there on the market? And then ultimately, what do I think the Braves are going to do? So. Let's re let's really get into the type of player that Dansby Swanson is. Um, you know, let's break it down first with his defense. This is really his calling card. This is the the best part of Dansby's game is his defense, and I would just call him uh, consistently excellent. Um, he has tremendous defensive range, um, excellent range, uh, very good uh, instincts uh, to get you know quick jumps on the ball. He's a quick. Uh, player uh, as well and he also makes those routine plays right uh, he is really good about uh, making every play on you know if he can get to the ball he's going to be able to make a play on it um, now his arm is below average this is probably the weakest part of his defensive game it's his arm strength but he does an excellent job of uh, getting getting the ball out quickly um, to to mitigate that a little bit and uh, he has a very, very accurate arm. I mean, you think about when's the last time you saw Dansby just, you know, throw it away, sling it into the, into the um, first row of seats or that sort of thing. He doesn't do that. Um, it's always on target. And like I said, you know, uh, his defensive instincts are uh, terrific. He always knows where the ball should go. Um, he's had some really great plays over the years of, you know, throwing behind a runner who's, who's, um, you know, got off a third base too far or, you know, that sort of thing. He, he just reads, the game. He has a very high baseball IQ. So that is something that's difficult to measure, but that's definitely something we know is true 
of Dansby. Now, his offensive game, I would simply call Dansby um, a very slightly ab above average hitter. Um, and the numbers bear that out. He's incredibly inconsistent uh, as an offensive player. But he certainly has some strengths to his offensive game. He's a great fastball hitter. Um, he simply does not miss the fastball. Uh, he has really good power, especially against the fastball. Um, but, of course, there are other pitches out there other than the fastball. And so this is where he gets into trouble, uh, chasing, uh, chasing certain pitches uh, and an inconsistency to put the bat on the ball, especially against the slider. When Dansby uh, becomes too pull-happy, um, and you can really think about that as being too fastball happy, but too pull happy, then he, he'll start obviously pulling off the ball. He goes the other way uh, with less regularity, and this is when he really dips offensively. And we see that this has happened uh, throughout the years. Uh, you know, he had his best off, uh, he had his best season this year um, because he was able to limit the, the real, he didn't really plummet. Um, in the second half of the season, but he he definitely had a a worse second half of the year this year. Um, and again, when teams uh, feed him a steady diet of off-speed pitches, he's going to struggle more. The other negative to Dansby's off um, the, the other negative to Dansby's um, offensive game is he doesn't get on base enough. Uh, you know his his on base percentage. Um, is around 320 for his career and is pretty consistently at that level. Um, while that is not horrendous um, for a guy who, you know, has been hitting in the top of the Braves order, especially this last year, it's pretty low. And uh, it really uh, takes away from one of his strengths, which is his base running and his speed. And that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. As a base runner, he is a great base runner. Uh, again, this goes into his strong baseball IQ and his quickness. Um, he is an excellent base runner. So I wish he would get on base more. He, you know, he would probably get 30 steals a year instead of 20 um, and, you know, score 120 runs instead of uh, 80 to 90 to 100. But, yeah, great base running instinct, so you got to give him a lot of credit for that. And then the last thing is leadership. You know, Dansby is, um, you know, he's always had those, those qualities, but I think especially with the departure of Freddie, um, he stepped into a greater le leadership role this year, uh, and he did so very well. He is clearly a very hard worker. He backs it up. Um, he has a great attitude. He's the kind of guy that, um, you know, in the clubhouse, everybody's going to love him and respect him. So there's, there's a lot of thing, a lot of positive things you can talk about with Dansby Swanson as one of the leaders of your team. So that's Dansby in a nutshell, right? A great defensive player, a, an average to maybe slightly above average offensive player. Um, he does all the in, intangibles quite well and gives you leadership on top of it. So, you know, as we, as we start thinking about how teams evaluate players as they're heading, heading into free agency, I think it's kind of interesting to think about. And Dansby is a great case of this, right? Are you giving a guy a contract based off of his most recent performance, right? Dansby just had a career year, um, a, an over six wins above replacement year, which is absolutely excellent. Are you giving a guy a contract based off of a career year? Or are you looking at the last few years of his performance and trying to get kind of an average of, okay, 
uh, an average feel of who is who really is this guy um or uh do you look at his total body of work his total um career percentages and try to gauge it based off of that um you know i like the second approach it, you know if i was running a baseball team which would be a pretty cool job um i think the one thing you know about baseball if if you know anything you know that guys can can have a sudden great career year and it's the best year that they could ever dream of and they'll never duplicate it i mean there's um baseball history is full of those guys i'm not saying that to dansby but um it's it's very dangerous to go off of one great year and then judge a guy based off of that. I mean, Braves fans don't need to look any further than Marcelo Zuna, who had a great single season with the Braves, you know, got paid a big contract, four-year contract, and the Braves have been stuck with him ever since. So it's it's a dangerous thing to do that. And, um, and so I do like looking at, you know, recent history, but maybe a trend over several season so that's what i'm going to try to do but you know every team is different and you see teams give these massive contracts to players because they're believing you know in the the best version of a player um you know javi baez recently got a huge contract from detroit and everybody i think everybody else in the league was scratching their head um, because clearly detroit was hoping that he was gonna be the best version of himself instead of what he'd kind of shown over the long haul so, you know, will a team pay Dansby Swanson based off of just this past year, which, like I said, was really, really good? Uh, will they believe that that is who he is and that's who he will continue to be for the next five, six, seven years? Um, there could be a team out there. And, you know, Dansby, I don't know that he's all about the money, but, man, if if a team threw out significantly more money than what the Braves are willing to offer him, it could certainly sway him in one direction. I think Swanson is all about winning. I will say that. I'm not sure that he's totally 100% thinking I have to come back to Atlanta, but I think he probably is thinking I have to go to a winning organization. So I don't think he's going to just go to anybody. But hey, uh, if, if you know, the Yankees or I mean, I don't know who's potentially interested, but if a team like that where he could go and win, um, would come to him with significantly more money, uh, I think it would be a very interesting decision for him. Now, uh, with this in mind, I wanted to talk about Keith Law. Keith Law works, uh, he, he writes for The Athletic. He used to be at ESPN. He's a big scout guru over there. Um, and he came up recently with his top free agent, his list of top free agents. Basically, this is not necessarily based off like who is the best player but um, which guys are going to get the biggest contracts because they are deemed the most valuable players. And somewhat surprisingly, he had Swanson third just above Aaron Judge, which is quite remarkable in one sense with Judge and what he just did. But when you think about Dansby being such a good defender, um, playing at such a premium position of shortstop, Judge is more of a corner outfield guy, um, Judge is a couple years older than Swanson. All of those things go into play when, with what he was doing. But nonetheless, what stuck out actually more uh, to me is he, Keith Law is projecting that Dansby will get a six to eight year deal and about $30 million per year, which, which would be, I don't think there's any chance that Swanson will get that from the Braves. I don't think there's, they're going to come anywhere close to $30 million per year. 
for Dansby. Um, you know, if they're not going to do that for Freddie Freeman, they're not going to do it for Dansby Swanson as much as I think they really do love Dansby and what he brings to the table. So if he were to get that offer, it's not coming from the Braves. It's coming from somewhere else. It's pretty interesting that Keith Law thinks that much of Swanson. And maybe it's just simply based off the normal, uh, the numbers. But man, I think it might be indicative of Law believing that Swanson you know, and what he did this year is really kind of the player he's become, right? I, I will say that Dansby, his, his career trajectory has been consistently improving each year. He's, he's been better and better. Um, and so maybe this is kind of who he is going to be. Um, and that is a very, uh, very valuable player. Obviously we'll have to see. So, you know, the other thing you're assuming, or at least Keith Law is assuming in this, I think, is that Dansby is going to age well. Any team that gives a player, you know, a seven, eight-year contract is assuming that they're going to age well, especially at a shortstop position like this. Swanson's quickness and speed is a part of his game. Will those diminish over time? Um, they diminish for almost everybody eventually. And at some positions, that matters less. Uh, if you're a left fielder, if you're a first baseman, that matters less. Um, it matters a little bit more, obviously, at shortstop. So we don't know uh, how Dansby will age. I have no doubt that he'll continue to work hard and, and stay in good shape. I know that he eats, like, super, super well, uh, super healthy. But um, obviously, we we don't know that. Even Dansby Swanson doesn't know that. Um, you know, what I will say about him offensively is I think Dansby is basically – who he is going to be offensively. I don't think there's going to be a ton of change uh, from what he is right now. Uh, again, I mean, that's a good hitter. It's not a great hitter. So um, he doesn't have the kind of um, ceiling that some of these other shortstops, and I'm going to get into this, but some of these other shortstops are supremely talented offensive players. That's not Swanson. He's at his best. I mean, when he's really going good with his streakiness, yeah, he can be great, but um, over the long haul, that's not who he is. He's a good fastball hitter who is just a very streaky hitter. Um, you know, he's going to hit 25 home runs a year. He he might have 25 doubles a year, um, but he's a low on base guy who has some swing and miss. Um, and I think the biggest question mark or the biggest danger for giving Dansby a big contract is if he diminishes defensively because a significant amount of his value is tied up into his defense. You know, and to his credit, he's become a tremendously good shortstop. If you remember when he came up, there were a lot of errors. I mean, you could, you could see the potential of what he was, but um, he wasn't that yet. And he really worked hard to become a great defender. And, man, I, I give him a lot of credit. Winning the Gold Glove this year, um, along with Max Freed, want to give those guys uh, some uh, some love there. Awesome. They both won the Gold Glove. And Swanson, it's his first. And he really, uh, he really worked hard to earn that. So there's also been a report out uh, recently that the Braves, around the All-Star break, did offer Dansby uh, around a hundred million dollars, and I have not seen if there's been a, a year attached to that. I'm kind of assuming it was a five-year, hundred million dollar deal. I mean, that kind of makes the most sense, um, but we don't really know. Obviously, Dansby and his agents did not accept that, 
so it's going to be really interesting. But, you know, five years, $100 million. I mean, you don't have to be a math genius to figure out if you're going with Keith Law's number, that's significantly lower. Uh, Law is saying that, he, you know, he's going to get at least a six-year offer. So at the low end of Law's is six years, $180 million. $80 million over what the Braves potentially have offered. So uh, very... Uh, very, very far apart are the Braves and Keith Law on thinking what Dansby will get. So, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how many teams get involved uh, and are interested in Swanson. Uh, I think a lot of teams would love a Dansby Swanson. Uh, he's such a stabilizing force. Everybody knows he's he's a winner. Um, he works hard. All the things I've already mentioned. So. Uh, certainly the Braves want to keep him. I have no doubt that they want to keep him. But what we learned with Freddie Freeman is they hit their limit and they're not going to go any further. And I think that that's going to continue. I don't, I don't know that um, there's going to be anything that's going to change that approach. So next, what I want to do is just compare uh, some of the top shortstops in the game so that we can get a feel for Dansby just a little bit better. Uh, so what I did is I went to Fangraphs and looked up the war leaders, the wins above replacement leaders at shortstop over the last three years combined. So again, this is the shortened 2020 season, the 2021 season, and this most recent 2022 season. Uh, the leader at shortstop in war is Trey Turner with 15.9. Number two is, is Francisco Lindor with 13.0. Uh, Xander Bogarts and Dansby Swanson are tied for third at 12.0. Carlos Correa comes in fifth at 11.7. Bo Bichette is sixth at 10.4. And Corey Seager is seventh at 10.3. Um, there's one thing I want to mention with Seager. You might be a little surprised he's that low. He has about 300 fewer plate appearances than Swanson does. Um, Swanson and Turner are uh, right about tied with uh, by far the most played appearances in that uh, three-year stretch. Probably doesn't surprise any Braves fans that, since Swanson plays basically every game. Seager has missed some time with some injuries. A couple of these other guys have missed a, a smaller amount of time with injuries. And obviously, um, the fewer opportunities you have at the plate, the less you're going to be able to um, uh, gain war. So that, that does play a part in it. Um, so he probably would, would jump up maybe one or two slots if he had, um, those plate appearances. All right. So yeah, just let's look at Trey Turner, you know, Trey Turner, number one, and I tried to, you know, look at this a little bit more like what type of player is this player really? And Trey Turner is most, almost all of his value is offensive. Um, he has a little bit of value defensively, but if you watched him in the postseason, yeah, he struggles. He'll make errors. He has great range. Uh, he's incredibly quick, but yes, he's not as consistent um, as Dansby for sure defensively, but he's a great offensive player. He's the best offensive player of any of these shortstops, and it's why he's number one. Francisco Lindor uh, is actually really similar to Dansby. He has a slightly, de uh, slightly better defensive value than Swanson and a very similar offensive value to Dansby. So uh, that's why they're they're very close. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I mean, Lindor maybe gets a little bit of a bump for being a switch hitter, um, you know, so he 
maybe, you know, with his matchups, you know, has some more favorable matchups from time to time. But, you know, he's been pretty inconsistent, too. He had not a great year with New York in 2021. So he might have a little more of a ceiling than what that's um, shown to be. But nonetheless, he's number two there. Xander Bogarts, again, tied with Dansby. Um, he also is mostly an offensive player. Almost all of his value comes from that. And over this three-year stretch, he's probably been the second-best offensive shortstop in baseball uh, behind Turner. Swanson uh, being tied with Bogarts, he's kind of the opposite of Bogarts. So a lot of Swanson's value comes defensively. He gets some value offensively, but mostly defensively. Um, and from these metrics, he's the second-best defender behind Lindor and again it's not a it's not a big gap but uh, Lindor is um, is probably the best defensive shortstop here all right Carlos Correa you might be surprised is behind Dansby Swanson he has missed a little time so maybe just with that uh, he would bump up along you know maybe tied or maybe just a little ahead of Bogarts and Swanson um, but very solid defender and a strong offensive player Correa is probably the best all-around shortstop uh, in this group. Uh, at least, you know, the, the most balanced. Maybe that's the best way to put it. The most balanced player. Uh, he's going to be a solid defender, and he's going to, you know, give you some, some more offensive value than Dansby's going to give you. Uh, Bo Bouchette, again, being number six, uh, uh, similar to Bogarts, very strong offensive player, not a ton of defensive value there. And then finally, Corey Seager is seventh. Uh, he is probably the third best offensive player in this group and kind of an average defensive player. All right, so just kind of the takeaways from that list. Turner is the best offensive shortstop in baseball right now. Uh, he has some defensive holes, which is a negative on him. But if you're looking for offense at the shortstop position, it's Trey Turner. Lindor is the best defensive shortstop, but he's not super inspiring offensively. He can do some things. He's got some power. Um, and again, he's very similar in a lot of ways uh, by the numbers to Dansby. Dansby is, um, like I said, very comparable to Lindor, uh, maybe just very slightly uh, less of a defender. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where those numbers come from. Maybe simply because Lindor has a better arm. Um, as we know, that's a one of the small weaknesses for Swanson. But one thing that jumps out uh, with this top seven shortstop list is Dansby is definitely the weakest offensive player in this group. Uh, Correa, like I said, is probably the best balanced player in this group, uh, being solid on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, so <clears throat> it's, re it's really quite interesting as you, as you look through this, knowing that Correa... Bogarts and Turner are also free agents. So what do these numbers not measure? Well, these numbers obviously don't measure things that Dansby is actually really, really good at. Um, it, it doesn't really measure instincts super well, right? It doesn't me measure leadership. It doesn't me measure work ethic. Is, are these guys going to continue to work hard after they get their huge contracts? Uh, that's a real thing. Uh, this doesn't measure the impact that a player is going to have in the clubhouse. And we know that all of those things are, are really positive in Dansby's favor for sure. So I just wanted to mention that. I don't want it to sound like I'm, you know, totally railroading Dansby. 
I'm just trying to point out that he's the weakest of the offensive shortstops. He's the second best defensive shortstop in this group. Um, but maybe he is um, uh, a better dude in the clubhouse and some of these other intangibles that we know he, uh, he definitely brings to the table. So what would I offer Dansby Swanson? Well, I go back and forth on this. You know, I've already mentioned on this podcast that I am in favor of bringing Swanson back, but it is with the caveat that, you know, there is a limit to that number. He has to come back at a reasonable number. To me, I think it is reasonable to offer Dansby six years. The Braves would not offer Freddie Freeman a sixth year, but Freddie was two years older um, when he entered free agency. And uh, so I think it's reasonable. Swanson would be about um, 34, maybe pushing 35 at the end of this contract. Uh, I think you tend to see greater um, quickness, you know, diminishing <laughs> after after 35. I mean, again, it is a guess. You don't know how a guy's going to age, but I think it's reasonable to offer Dansby six years. I would go anywhere between 20 to $22 million per year. I think $22 million is about um, where I would where I would cut it off. Um, it's hard to give a number like that because if you're really, really close, maybe you know, maybe you push it. Uh, maybe you give certain um, signing bonuses or or performance bonuses or that sort of thing. The Braves aren't really big into that sort of thing, so I, I doubt they'll do that. But um, but nonetheless, you know, this is also around the range that the Braves gave to Matt Olson and Austin Riley. So I don't think they're going to go over that number, but I, yes, I could see them maybe uh, matching something similar to what they gave to Riley. Um, so, you know, all, are, all of these shortstops that are entering free agency are about the same age. Uh, I think that's interesting, right? They're all about the same stage of their careers. Um, and so... If the Braves don't go for Dansby, would they go for one of these others? Well, the problem with that is probably these other three guys are going to cost even more than Swanson. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with their greater offensive value. Um, so are the Braves going to spend more um, on somebody else that they don't know, that they haven't had in their clubhouse? Maybe, but I, I, I have a hard time believing that. Um so I, I really think it's Dansby or Plan B, and I don't think Plan B is a big-time free agent. Um, if you were to look at some of these other guys, I would look at Turner or Correa. Um, I, don't, I would go higher in terms of um, you know, annual value. I, I would still probably try to keep it at six years, but maybe 25 to $27 million. That seems like a lot of money for, for the Atlanta Braves even though they have more money to spend these days, it seems like. Um, I think the better, the better option, if Swanson does not come back, would be to trade um, for Willie Adamas. I really like Willie Adamas for the Brewers. Um, I'm, you, I'm not the first person with this idea. I've heard this from a couple people, and I do like it. Um, he is a year and a half younger than Swanson. He's got two years of arbitration left. So it's not a one and done kind of situation. Um, and he's probably gettable. I mean, I don't know exactly where the Brewers are and if they're going to try to compete next year. They had a pretty disappointing end of the season uh, where they really could have 
gotten into the playoffs above the Phillies and just couldn't put anything together, had a terrible uh, September. Um, you know, Adamas, it would probably be uh, Adamas for Vaughn Grissom. I mean, and maybe straight up, maybe you'd have to put in a little more than that. Uh, but I think it's it's very realistic to do that deal. Now, I love Vaughn Grissom. I'm not necessarily advocating to trade away Vaughn Grissom, but I think that's about what it would take. Um, but of course, another um, another plan um, would be to go with Grissom at shortstop. It seems internally like the Braves don't like the idea of Grissom playing short, or at least are not big believers in him at shortstop right now. Um, but you know, it doesn't mean that they wouldn't go with that plan if if other things fell through. I mean, Grissom seems to me to have a much higher um, offensive ceiling than Dansby. Um, and maybe even if you can just get him at, to be an average defensive uh, shortstop, then uh, that's all you need to get a really valuable player. Um, so I think that's reasonably, you know, that is a ch there's a chance that that could happen. I think if you went with that, maybe you also sign a good defensive backup shortstop um, as, a, as an insurance policy. Elvis Andrews is a guy who uh, is out there in free agency who wouldn't cost much. Um, <clears throat> so that is, to me, a possibility. It's probably not their, their top choice, but it might be something they're willing to live with if it went that direction. Uh, one other possibility I just want to mention, I don't think this is necessarily very likely, but the Braves could issue Dansby Swanson a qualifying offer, uh, which would be around uh, $19.5 million, basically a one-year deal. Um, and if he takes it, uh, then the Braves would obviously be on the hook for that money. Uh, I don't think this is likely to happen. Uh, I think Dansby is going to want to cash in on his on the best season of his career. Um, but if he did this, if he took the offer, it could allow him to enter the market a year later uh, where he's not competing with these other elite shortstops in the market. So um, I, it's just going to be interesting to see how many teams are out there looking for a high price shortstop. Um, the market might get saturated a little bit and there might be fewer opportunities for these guys. So my prediction, well, what's going to happen to Swanson? I'm not going to make a prediction yet. Um, I want to dive a little deeper in the next few episodes of what the Braves might do in left field uh, with their starting pitching rotation. Are there any other things that, you know, they could prioritize instead of shortstop or are they just, you know, all out going to go for, for Dansby and that's that. Um, so once I go through all those things, I, I will provide several different uh, scenarios for where the Braves could go. You know, it's, it's kind of like if you were going cross country, right? There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of different ways you could get there. Uh, there's not just one. And so, yes, I think the Braves' priority would be to bring back Dansby Swanson, but I don't think it's a guarantee. And I think there's several different ways the Braves can play this offseason and create a very good team uh, that is going to compete for a World Series next year. So that's it, guys. Uh, we will um, be back soon, and I'll talk to you then.